Hello, friends. Welcome to the Resilient Leaders Podcast, where we explore how to remain nimble and stay hopeful in the crucible of adversity and uncertainty. I'm J.R. Briggs, founder of Kairos Partnerships. Well, today we're going to go back into the vault again. We're going to re-air one of the most important episodes that we've done. Many have talked about this episode. Many have used this mental model from this episode in their own life and leadership and have told me it's been incredibly helpful. We've gained a lot of new listeners since we first released this episode, and we want to give new listeners a chance to hear if they haven't gone back through the catalog. Even if you've listened to it already, we believe that you'll still find this to be valuable in your leadership as you strive to be resilient. This is from episode 15 of the Resilient Leaders Podcast. Enjoy. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Resilient Leaders Podcast, where resilience in leadership is not simply a good idea, it's absolutely required. I'm J.R. Briggs, and today we're going to look at a topic that might seem a little out of place, but it's actually incredibly important for resilient leaders, and that's how to run an effective meeting. Here's what we're going to look at for the next few minutes. The four V's to structure a meeting, questions to ask regarding your meetings ahead of time, the goal of running meetings, and principles to live by when it comes to leading meetings. Now, you might be thinking, what does running a meeting have to do with resilient leadership? I'm glad you asked. There are three important reasons. Number one, I've never met a great leader who is not also an effective communicator. Meetings are one of the most important places to communicate vision, updates, information, and to seek feedback from others. Number two, we don't spend enough time thinking intentionally about how to run a meeting. I've seen so much time, energy, and morale wasted by poorly executed meetings. It actually sucks the resiliency potential and life out of an organization, a business, or a church when it is not run well. So this is really, really important. Number three, we've all sat through meetings. Some of them were engaging. Some of them were a big waste of time. And I want to get into what is the difference between a great meeting and a poor meeting. In fact, before we get into this too much, let's reflect on a few of those questions. So what do you think the difference is between a great meeting and a terrible meeting? What were the components or elements that made the difference? Who do you know who leads great meetings? Meetings that are informative, valuable, engaging, collaborative, versus the ones you walk out and say, that was a waste of time. When were the meetings you walked out and said, what a great meeting, I'm glad I was here. Whether you're a leader running a meeting for your staff team, a group of volunteers, a board meeting for a nonprofit or an elder meeting at your church, leaders can grow in their ability to run a meeting. So let's jump in. What's the difference between a good one and a bad one? I think that it can be found in a four-part structure. Here's the simple four-part structure of a well-executed meeting. I've used this structure for almost 10 years now, and I found it to be very effective. They all start with the letter V. Yay, alliteration. Value, victories, vision, voice. I'll say that again. Value, victory, vision, voice. Whether the meeting is 10 minutes or a two-day retreat, this is the structure I've used to help plan, organize, and communicate. Although I don't tell people about the four Vs explicitly in the meeting, I do use them as rails to run on for the sake of structure. The order of these is very important. Number one, value. You want to value your people right up front. 
You want them to know that who they are is more important than what they do for your organization or your company. Remember, trust is the most important component of leadership and trust will become even more important in the days ahead. And you build trust by valuing people for who they are, not just what they can accomplish for you. So we got to value people up front. Number two, victories. Victories. This is where we're building morale and hope, and we're learning to celebrate the wins, which is so crucial for a team dynamic and for humans. Remember, as leaders, we have to give hope. This isn't a manipulated hype fest. It is simply naming what is going on and inviting others to name them as well. And sometimes the reaction will elicit a smile, a nod, other times maybe an applause or a good job, maybe even other times. It can be so meaningful that people actually get emotional and tear up. By the way, this is a great time in meetings for you as a leader to model this by specifically naming something in someone else and honoring, encouraging, affirming, and recognizing them. It doesn't have to take long for it to be meaningful. I can't tell you how important this is for someone to feel honored and affirmed by their work. We live in a world that's dominated by people catching others doing something wrong. But the best leaders I know are the ones who are constantly catching people doing things right. Who on your team can you catch doing something right in this upcoming meeting? Number three, vision. This is where the leader reminds people the why behind what we're doing. It's been said that vision leaks and we need to keep refilling the vision bucket. It doesn't mean saying the same thing over and over again in a rote manner. It doesn't mean reciting uh, rotely your your uh, you know lessons and your um, you, you know what's written on the wall, carved on the wall. Not at all. Your vision statement, your mission statement is not you stand up and say it like the Pledge of Allegiance. It means reminding people, this is why we do what we do. This is why we commit our lives and our energy to this vision. This can be done by reminding, by telling stories, by explaining it in a new and creative way, by bringing in a symbol, by reading a letter or an email from a customer or a client or a church member whose life has been impacted by what we do here. That's really important with vision. And then number four, voice. This is where we as the leader stop talking and we ask our team, what do you think? What are you hearing? What problems do we all need to know about? Where do we need to pay attention? What feedback do we all need to hear right now? What ideas or creative opportunities do you see that could help us move forward? This empowers people to speak, to dream, to brainstorm, to name problems, and look for ways to fix them. Now, in addition to the four Vs, here are some crucial questions you should ask yourself regarding meetings. Who really needs to be here? Most times, uh, we can be tempted to invite too many people to the table, or other times, maybe not enough. But who really needs to be here? How frequently should we have these meetings? Is it daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly? How long should meetings be? How can I make this meeting as hard as possible for people to fall asleep or tune out? Or how can I make this meeting as hard as possible for people to walk out of the meeting and say to a coworker under the breath down the hall, what a waste of time that meeting was. Another question, can I ask my people to do some preparation or pre-work before coming to a meeting? That way you can have a running start and be more productive in your meeting, not just come prepared to give an update on your department. 
That's the easy one. Instead, ask, I want you to think through and write down and bring to the meeting two elements where we are thriving as a team and two areas where we need to improve as a team in the coming months. Or please read this short article before our meeting on Wednesday and be ready to discuss your thoughts from it. It's not a long time, but some thoughtful preparation can make this meeting effective, engaging, and worthwhile for people and their time. And then the other question is, what is the brief, compelling, and clearly stated purpose of this meeting? Most leaders cannot name in one sentence what is the purpose of the meeting they're about to have. But you should write it out in one sentence. Yes, write it out beforehand what the purpose of the meeting actually is. And no, writing, because we always have a staff meeting on Tuesday mornings, is not a compelling answer, nor is well, our bylaws state we have to meet X amount of times per year. So what are, in fact, the goal or the goals of a meeting? Let's talk about that briefly. Meetings usually have one of five different goals. Number one, people walk away informed. That's where we give them updates or clarification or next steps. Number two, people walk away empowered, where we give them permission and direction. Number three, people walk away inspired where there's training or a reminder of why we do what we do. Number four, people walk away heard. People are given a voice to share their ideas and perspective and therefore, again, feel valued. And number five, people walk away having contributed meaningfully to the present and the future mission and direction of the team, brainstorming, providing feedback, and leading parts of the meeting. Now, let me end with a few ridiculously practical principles for how to run a meeting. Meetings don't have to be an hour. I've seen effective and productive meetings that were eight minutes, and I've also seen unproductive meetings that were three hours long. The next one is to be clear. Be clear. Dave Ramsey said, to be unclear is to be unkind. Your people should have clarity when they leave a meeting. Three, no screens, just paper and pencil. Good old-fashioned paper and pencil. In all my seminary courses and in many meetings that I run, I ban glowing rectangular screens. You want people to be engaged and present with you? Ban all cell phones, tablets, computers from the meeting. Just be present with each other. Uh, I mentioned pre-work. Always expect pre-work and ensure healthy accountability that people will do the pre-work. Put limitations around updates. If you have people give an update, just simply say, I'm going to set the timer here and we're going to have five minutes. And when the timer goes off, we're going to move on. Spice it up and bring some additional surprises and, and changes to the meetings. Change locations to keep things fresh. Maybe meet outside or even in a different conference room than you normally do. Bring in an object or a symbol and put it on the table and let people think, why did they bring that in? Why is that here? Bring in a guest to share for a few minutes or where you can ask that guest questions as it relates to your mission. Encourage offline communication. It's easy to get distracted, but easily you can say, that's a great uh, conversation. Can the two of you talk about that uh, bef before our next meeting? And then lastly, and every meeting, ever end every meeting being clear about the one important question. Earlier, I mentioned David Allen from the Getting Things Done movement. And he offered this, end every single meeting with this question, who is doing what by when? Never conclude a meeting without asking who is doing what by when. 
Thank you again for joining me today. Make sure you check out the show notes that will include the four V's, the questions and other material that we've covered, including how you can contact me. I love hearing from leaders. So let's connect. And if we can partner with you and your leadership team to help you navigate the new reality, let's talk. This podcast is produced by the extremely competent Joel Limbowen at On A Limb Productions. Visit On A Limb, that's O-N-A-L-I-M-B, onalimproductions.com for all your video and podcast needs. Leaders, be faithful, available, teachable, and hungry. Keep leaning in and learning.